Something new is supported by listeners like you. Visit joelbnew.com and help this podcast continue to grow, thrive, and be a part of the creative conversation. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 10 of Something New. Uh, I am your host, Joel B. New. How's everybody doing? I am recording this on Sunday evening, the eve before the episode goes out. Um, typically, I do this on like a Sunday morning with coffee, and I've started to like add the vlogging element to it, but it's been a long day because like, we recorded the episode today, and so now I am sitting in my living room, like, drinking a Coke and eating a pancake and doing this vlog. Um, I just wanted to be honest with you, but I, I don't have to video that for you. So um, create your own visual, and uh, you're welcome. Before I get us over to today's interview and song with the one and only Lauren Ruff, I wanted to update you on some things, some goings-on, if you will. Uh, let's see. Last weekend, April 24th, I produced Cabot Cove or Bust, which was a concert over at the Bowery Poetry Club here in Manhattan, and uh, featuring songs and performances by myself and my, my good friends Emily Prime, Jennifer Sanchez, and David Allen Thornton. And it was so much fun to be able to perform some songs from my Cabot Cove EP with a live band for the first time, and to... Um, had the opportunity for my fellow singer-songwriters to hear some other songs for the very first time with a band, maybe for the first time, period. Um, it was a really, really cool, eclectic um, evening of original songs, and I'm super grateful for everyone who came out. If somehow you're not tired of hearing me talk about myself, um, there's another podcast that my really good friend Leah Walsh is producing, and it is called The Compass. And if you go back on over to iTunes and search for that, uh, she interviewed me on one of her most recent episodes, and we talk about um, lots of real stuff. We talk about um, the dark side and how um, how we combat that, and the projects I'm working on, and the you know saying yes to myself and all that kind of cool stuff. Um, it was really it's a it's always a fun. Um, weird thing to be to, to be the one who's being interviewed um so thank you leah walsh for having me uh let's see and uh an update for my kebba cove ep kickstarter backers um those of you who i think donated 30 or more um you'll be getting the uh, I'll, i'm gonna start creating the something new podcast um seasonal albums um sometime this coming week uh which will include like the um, original intros where like I'll say your name and I'll say something and then um, into the album we go for the last three and a half seasons. It's a lot of songs so um, get excited Kickstarter backers I'm so grateful. Or is she pricey after all. Um, some other updates on the Cabot Cove EP uh, roughly half of the songs have been orchestrated now. I've heard orchestrations for Murder in a Minor Key uh, goodbye, Charlie, and the corpse danced at midnight, and it's so much fun, you guys. Like, I can't wait to get to the studio and hear musicians bring these songs to life, and then, and then try it and, and bring my best, my vo my vocal best, to uh, to do to do the performances justice. So I'm really excited about that. We've 
set the recording dates. Those will be in uh, mid to late June. I think there's like four or five days that we're tracking. Um, that'll be vocals and the band, and so that's all. That's all happening. It's happening. Um, that is, yeah. And we're just middle of assembling a band, so that when we show up in mid to late June, um, there are people there to record songs. So that's fun. Yeah, so if you want more updates on the Cabot Cove EP or anything else that I'm working on on a more regular basis, I am all over Twitter these days and on Facebook, on both my uh, personal and professional pages. Um, yeah, so whatever your social media platform of preference, uh, just hop on over and I'll probably be there. Um, that about does it. I'm going to get back to um, my pancake. <laughs> and without further ado, here is my episode with Lauren Ruff. This is Joel B. New, and you're listening to Something New, my chance to talk with some of the savviest performers in the theater industry, hear their stories, work through and premiere a brand new original song, and get to the heart of what makes them the working multifaceted artists they've come to be. Originally from Oregon, today's guest artist received her BFA in musical theater from the New School by way of Amden, New York. She's performed off-Broadway in Shout the Mod Musical, Passion, Stop the World, The Boyfriend, among other plays, musicals, and workshops. Her work can also be seen on screen in a few stints on SNL, in several short films, and her web series, Big City, a feature selection at New York Television Festival, which she wrote, produced, and starred in. Two of her projects, Callie Wants a Solo and Boys and Other Distractions, have gone on to win audience choice at several film festivals in the greater New York area. She is also a professional voiceover artist, having voiced various commercials for TV, radio, and internet, as well as cartoons. She's been a teaching artist for the past six years, and her spirit animal is a golden retriever. She also loves a rosé, sunsets, and hugs in no particular order. Obviously, I'm talking about Lauren Ruff. Lauren Ruff, thanks for being on my show. Hi, thank you for having me. How's it going? It's good. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. It's, it's so good. May 1st, and it's raining. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's I a beautiful know. May day. But it's sunny in here. Yeah, exactly. Here in the, the beautiful music hall at the Dramatist Guild Fund. Love it. Beautifully furnished. Yes. Yeah. I might not leave. Yeah, and right? I just hide in the bathroom <laughs> until everyone leaves and sleep here. Yeah, I brought a robe. <laughs> <laughs> So I wanted to talk because, like, we don't we don't know each other too well. No, no, um, which is silly. Which is super silly, mm-hmm. and uh, we've put a stop to that here and now. Yes. And um, you had reached out to me, which I was super flattered about. But I want to talk about like how we've actually met. Yes. So I think we met through Dan Ratzikowski. Yes, we did. Yeah, At his birthday. It? His birthday. That's mm-hmm. right. God, that was that was when we first met. Yeah. I feel like we're I've, sitting across from each other. Yeah, I feel like I've known you longer though. Like I feel like Aww. I've I can sense you longer. I, I like know. that. Yeah. Yes, I agree. He Dan's shout out to Dan. Shout out to Dan. Great always. guy. Yeah. And that dinner was very special. There were lots of really amazing creative minds, mm-hmm. and I felt that Movers way. Movers and shakers, yeah. Yeah. It's an honor it's to be there. to be connected. Yeah. And uh, as, as my listeners will know, I interviewed Dan on my podcast um, a couple of seasons ago, um, so you should go download that episode. Um, let's see. Here's some other things that I think we might be, con- other ways we might be connected. Yeah. Um, so you did Passion. Is that the Judy Kuhn Passion? No. no. I wish. <laughs> I did a really actually scary and hilarious and fun version of Passion. Um, is there any other last kind? Last year. No. Yeah. And I didn't know the music too, which is terrifying. <sighs> because, and it's sort of embarrassing. But I will say that it is one of the more obscure. Oh, for Steven, sure. Stephen Sondheim musicals and so I did it with a friend Casey Aaron Clark who was she was playing the lead and it was this through this company in Canada 
They, they the Confidential have, Musical Theater Project, yes. with Tony Ramos was yes, in that. Exactly. That's I had it. Marion Abbott yeah. on my show. She was doing. She she MD'd and all that. That's with amazing. It was amazing. So we we I learned that music by myself with no one else. And the first time I sang that choral music, and honestly, like, I think playing one of the lead parts would have been easier in a sense, because, mm-hmm. like, you're doing your thing, but just, I did the mistress and the ensemble part, and it was terrifying. And then, but, to get there that night, not having sung anything with any of these people, it's true, like, it's just such a testament to New York, true pros. Mm-hmm. We can all walk in a room, drill this music, and then sing this crazy, these crazy harmonies all together, almost perfectly on the first try. It was amazing. Oh my God. And then perform for all these people. We were all like panicking. But and I'd yeah. known these people for an hour, but afterwards we felt like, oh my gosh. Like you've been through something. Yeah. Together. Yeah. Like more than any other show. Like possible. you've seen some mm-hmm. I've yeah. seen some, <laughs> I've seen some <laughs> My cat had to listen to a lot of terrible terrible harmonies for quite a while until I actually like I had no idea that that's what you were in. Yeah, they did one here. Mm-hmm. So and it was a blast. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that I got to be pulled in to do it. That makes me so happy. Yeah. I didn't even know we were going to have the connection. Well, yeah. I know. I didn't realize. So when did you interview her? Um, Shortly thereafter, actually. Okay. Yeah. I had awesome. her this season. Yeah. She's, She's a great, a great lady. gal. I love her yeah. so much. Her excitement and enthusiasm and passion yep. for yep. everything, for lack of a better word. <laughs> no, that, that's the best yeah, word. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so you also did Stop the World, I Want to Get Off. Mm-hmm. Um, was that the production with like Matt Wilson, yes! and Stephanie Sine, and Amy yes! Jo Jackson? Yes, yes, yes. Oh my god, I totally saw that. It was, you did? The, yes, I was there. I was one of the sisters. Oh my god. <laughs> I was the pregnant one later. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> and that it was really amazing. fun. My friend Sarah Sawyer, she's like one of my dearest friends. We look very similar. So we're either, you know, in the theater world, we're either it's either her or I for a while, or if we're really lucky, we get to play sisters. And that was a situation where we got to play sisters, and we were just like having a blast. And Matt and every they were and Amy, so great. Mm. It was such a great group of people. It was a great group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were on their stilts. Yeah. It was so fun. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. I've interviewed all three of those people on this podcast. Well, and now I'm just getting the whole cast of stuff. Yeah, the world. we should do a, yeah. a revival of the revival. I like that. <laughs> we'll have Marion uh, produce it. Oh my so god! Don't tell anyone. I think everyone would want to do that. I, I would be there. Yeah. And then shout the mob musical. Yeah. So you know Julie Dingman Evans. Yeah, I was understanding. Yeah. I was brand new. Oh, wow. I had just out of school. Fresh off the boat. Fresh off the boat, and the so end of boat. yeah. And Phil George was a teacher of mine who's amazing. I love him. And he pulled me in actually to help promote the musical. So I was walking around in the summer wearing go-go boots and a dress with a Union Jack on it that I found mm-hmm. later, found out later was bought from a porn shop. Oh, <laughs> but lovely. that summer of hell <laughs> paid off because they had me come in and understudy the show. And I got to go on two times, and it was amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really, really fun. Julie did a lot of, back in the day, development work at the Graduate Musical Theater Writing Program, oh. which is the MFA program I went through, which is how I met Dan. Uh-huh. Let's rewind. Okay. And, like, so you're from Oregon. Mm-hmm. What's that like? <laughs> it's everything you can imagine. Have you I, seen I'm imagining Portlandia? very little. I've seen, <laughs> I, see Port, I have seen Portlandia, yeah. Yeah. But it's really like that. I mean, I have to imagine that Fred Armisen went to Portland and was like, I have to, this is something. Mm-hmm. It needs to, there are. I took my now husband, but then boyfriend, home for Thanksgiving. And we hadn't been dating too long. But bless him, he came home for Thanksgiving. And they have this holiday fair. 
And so we were going and looking at all like the hippie crafts, the tie-dye mm-hmm, and the hemp mm-hmm. and then this, that and the other. And there's just a girl walking around in a nymph costume, just like wearing like like goat pants and um, just that's her, that's how she needed to express herself. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So okay. there's that. Um, it's very beautiful. It's okay. a beautiful place <laughs> in spirit and just physically full of nymphs. Um, but yeah, it's it's gorgeous. It does rain a lot, um, but I I love it there. It's it, the food's amazing, the coffee's amazing, the beer's amazing. Um, well, what made you leave? I well, I was a dancer when I was younger, and I were you? Yes. That's there. Maybe that's the so that's the connection there. Clean double on the left. <laughs> oh God, not on the left. Not on the left. <laughs> I might be posting. Oh, man. If only I had your left turns, then (laughs) maybe my life would be in the New York City Ballet if I were, like, five feet taller. Yes. Um, Anyways, I, yeah, I was a dancer, and so I always, I went to the University of Oregon for a year as a dance major, and I realized I just didn't, it wasn't enough for me. And I had been in musicals a little bit in high school and sang a bunch, and I loved musical theater. So I had this flyer for AMDA on my desk because you know how like colleges find out what you're wanting to major in and they just send you stuff and they kept coming and I asked my mom um if because my parents the view of University of Oregon's in Eugene where I'm from so I lived on campus or right off campus but not at home so I asked my mom though if she would come with me to New York to see the school and um just to get it out of my system basically because it just kept bugging me and my mom was like yeah we can do that and she knew I wasn't happy at the U of O. I was not doing very well academically. And I'm a really good student, so that was sort of out of character for me. I just wasn't, I wasn't, like, passionate about being there. And it's a great school, though. I mean, every, people should go if they want to go for journalism or whatever. So it was just me. Um, and so, Most of my listeners are from U of O, so. Really? Sure yeah. Be careful. Yeah, oh, God. Go Ducks! <laughs> go Ducks! Um, ducks? Is that what you said? That's, really? our, that's the mascot. Yeah. Like Mighty Ducks, Oregon like Ducks. quack, quack, quack. Yeah, Millie there's a whole West song. That's the, other th- that's the other side of me is I'm a passionate college football fan, which is so not involved in the arts. It's that's like a wonderful. funny thing yeah. about me. But um, do you know the Playball podcast? No. It's a podcast where they interview, where they talk to theater artists who are passionate about sports. Really? Yeah, you should look them up. Huh. Playball. I'm going to listen to this. Yeah, it's a good time. That's awesome. I yeah. love it. So anyway. anywho, yeah, I came and I decided to audition and I got a scholarship and awesome. Yeah, I moved here and I remember a friend was like, "How long do you think you're going to be there? Like five years?" And I was like, "I don't know." Eleven years later, I'm talking <laughs> to you. <laughs> so that's awesome. Well, welcome. Yeah. Well, thank you. But yeah. it's like it's awesome to be able to go home to a place that you love. Also, that's nice. You know? yeah. I know that that's not the case for a lot of people. So I feel very lucky that I get to go to a, I get to go to Portland to a city. That's amazing, and I get to go to Eugene sometimes. And when did like things like producing and writing and that whole part come in? That came in later. That came in uh, <clears throat> as a result of the slog, the slog that is uh, throwing darts against a wall and auditioning and banging your head against a wall and trying to you know trying to figure out where your place is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the hardest things about being in New York. Um, people, you know, people leave before they find out what they're meant here, meant to do here. And mm-hmm. it's not always be on Broadway or, you know, I don't know. It's not, not winning a Tony isn't like, that's, 
one, you know, it's not. Yeah, all, that's not, one way to do it. One way to do it, and who's to say you might you might win that Tony when you're 95, you know? Yep. It's but I feel like we put too much pressure on ourselves at a very young age to to do all of this. So then you try for a little bit and you leave. Yep. But if you're here long enough, you meet some great people and you start experiencing different things and thinking like, man, I wonder how I can express my art in other ways. And so for me, and my husband now actually has a huge part to do with that because he was very supportive of that and had equipment to help me do it. He was like, why don't you write your own web series? Why don't you write? And I've been exploring with another friend of mine writing a screenplay. It was sort of like a therapeutic thing at the time that we were we were in and we created a short film and it did well. And so I thought, you know, all right. So I sat down and I thought about my life and I thought about like the situation I was in. I had roommates at the time and I just created this little fun web series and it was before new girl and before girls. So it was, I think like all of us write lady writers and that, you know, we're all around the same age. Lena Dunham's not far. I feel maybe we're all in the similar mind frame. Yeah. Yeah. So it was about a roommate roommates in, um, in New York and, and I, one of my friends is a musician. He's probably the best guitar player I've ever seen or heard in my entire life. Zane Carney. He's amazing. And his brother Reed was actually in Spider-Man on Broadway at the time. Turn off the dark. Mm-hmm. He was Spider-Man, and oh. so Zane. Wait, who? Reeve Carney. Yes, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yes. yeah. So Zane is his brother, and Zane played mm. in the show, and they all had oh, a nice. band together. Anywho, so Zane lived here for a while, and he used to be a child actor too, which is really fun. They grew up in LA. So I pulled him in, and I was like, would you want to do this? And he was like, yeah, he's so funny. And so we just got all these fun guest stars to come on, and we, we'd shoot them so quickly, like in two hours. Um, and then casually, he went on tour with John Mayer, like you, you do. do. <laughs> <laughs> and he had to sit down in L.A. for a while, and so we went out to L.A. and shot a bunch there, and he got Fran Drescher to be on an episode. What? So I got to hug her six times. Uh, I love that you counted. Yeah. So <laughs> you good. are you are into hugs. I love like you. Found that in your bio. A good solid hug is. Yeah. So that was really amazing. And so we did two two seasons of that and and yeah, it really kind of opened my eyes to the fact that, you know, I enjoy writing and I I'm, I'm learning how to do it through through doing it. Yeah. And creating... you didn't go to school to write. Mm-mm. I've always liked it though. I've been a horrible test taker, but like the the essay portion of like the SATs or whatnot, mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna nail this. But anything else, I was not. Yeah. I'm not great at. It's like so many options. Like yeah. it could be A or it could, could be, be C. Yeah. Let's C is a great. Let's option. talk about it. I know. Let's, Let's talk can about. Just discuss like because yeah. you know E is a good option to all of the above. It really could be. Yeah. Depends on who you are today. <laughs> it depends. <laughs> so yeah, that's um that's how I got into that, and um it's been a really neat thing, and it's it's opened my eyes to wanting to write and create more things. And how do the projects you perform in that like someone else is casting you in, do they do they tend to differ from the projects that you write and produce? Do you or do you find any kind of um, parallels? I think it's I think it differs, but you know, the this the industry is so weird. It's not in a bad way, it just is what it is. Like I feel like honestly the the jobs that I've gotten are through knowing someone in involved in the production, which mm-hmm. isn't a bad thing. Nope. It's like you, you're here for a long time and people know that you're fun to work with and that's that. Exactly. Um, because I'm a weird type. I don't have like a specific type. Like I'm not like a, you know, short blonde dancer with a huge high belt. Like, you know, there, I'm kind of this funny hippie-ish girl from Oregon who 
I don't know, doesn't really fit in that, in a specific category. So I feel like even as I've been writing stuff for myself, I actually just had this realization the other day. I was putting together a new reel, film reel, and I was like, oh, that's my type. This like funny, awkward, quirky comedy thing and I love it and that's what I love to do I like to make people laugh like I know that I'm not someone who's going to want to do some sort of crazy dramatic horror film or like I don't know I'm I'm not I'm too that's too serious for me someone else can do it yeah you know and that's totally their thing yeah Yeah. so to answer your question (laughs) yes and no (laughs) I would say it just sort of depends on the project Um, and I tend to write I tend to write stuff for myself that's very similar. Like, each thing is sort of similar, but a little bit different. Yeah. And it's even fun to just write stuff for other people, too. Yeah, so, yeah. Make them yeah. do things. Exactly. I know how good that feels. Yeah. yeah. And it's really fun to see people... I'm sure you know. It's so fun to see people read your words or sing your songs or yeah. whatever, you know? like Watching them figure it like, out. Oh, like, I wrote that, and they're doing it, and that's so cool. And they're making choices, and they're making it better. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, totally. So you... In other words, like you, like you invented your own type, or like you I found. I think so. Yeah, I'm finding like no it... one told you no. what your type was, yeah. or anything that they did try to when they tried to put you in a box. You totally jumped out of it. I remember even at in school, one of the first songs I was given in school to learn, and this is like dancer Lauren learning the musical theater ropes. Because mm-hmm. I kind of came into it late. Like I wasn't a kid that I think it would my life would be different if I were a kid that went to theater, like did did theater from like the minute I came out of the womb. Mm-hmm. I liked it, but I was a dancer. And so then, you know, as you know, I'm sure there's an expiration date or you hurt yourself or something happens and it's like, yeah, you can't do that anymore. So how do you express yourself artistically? And so I really came into the musical theater game here at like 19 or 20. And that's late for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that respect, I didn't really understand like, what's a type? So one of the first songs someone gave me was That'll Show Him from Forum. Okay. Which I now think is a funny song, but at the yeah. time, I was, like, fighting against being the dumb blonde. So I was like, I don't like this song. And nothing about it, nothing about it, and, like, no offense to Steven Salmon, it's a, it's a hilarious song, it's great. But, like, at the time, I was like, I don't want to sing this song, like, can't I sing something smarter? I also really mm-hmm. like sad songs, too, which is hilarious. Yeah, you emailed me about that when we were Yeah, I was like, too. I either like sad emo songs, or I like comedy songs. <laughs> nothing in between. No, or the new Lemonade, Beyonce. Oh, my God. I just watched that oh, this repeat. morning. Just watched it this morning. <sighs> My heart. Um. Anyways, so <laughs> finally yeah. we got a Beyonce reference on this right? show. Right. Anyway, yeah. So I feel like I've kind of created my own type. I don't really know if that's legal, but I'm it's making totally it legal. legal. <laughs> it's totally legal. Um, yeah. And then you also do voiceover work. Yeah. So when did that get in? That happened about three years ago to get me out of the restaurant industry. Awesome. Yeah, and it has. Um, That's fantastic. And I, it was so bizarre to find and discover that there's something that you have a knack for at in your like. I think it was about like 28 or so that I discovered this about myself. I was like, it's so weird to learn something that you're good at. You know, like mm-hmm. normally at that point you kind of know like what you're good at, what you need work, what you need to work for. And yeah, we think this, you do. Yeah, I think I don't know, but apparently, um, yeah, I started. Just auditioning again. I have to thank my husband for a lot of this stuff. He's Aww. he's very supportive. Um, and he worked for a, a company where he had to do he does video production, and he needed to hire VO people for voiceover all the time through websites and stuff. And he was like, "You should do this." And I was like, "Really?" 
And he was like, yeah. So we found a cheap mic, and he showed me a little bit of how to how to on the software. And I just started submitting some auditions for, you know, very small things and booking them. And I was like, whoa, wow, okay. So then I one thing led to another. I coached with several different people and then started booking a bunch more. And now it's, like, one of my main things. That's awesome. And I love it. It's so much fun. How is your approach to voiceover work different from stage or film work? Um, you know, it's not... It's not really that different because it requires all of the same acting skills. Um, I would say I do a lot of commercial stuff, um, but even so, like, they want people that are authentically, you know, authentically portraying whatever, even if you're selling, like, pencils or something. What all have you sold? Yeah. Um, I do a lot of, like, explainer videos. I've done some stuff for Save the Children. Um... I've done some stuff for different companies. This company called Lumosity, that's the little brain game um, app. And yeah, a bunch of different things. What's the silliest thing that you've been made to say? Oh, um, I did a cartoon thingy commercial for Shopkins. It's like this little little toy. Okay. And there's different characters. And so one of them's Jessie Cake. Jessie Cake. Jessie Cake. Okay. She's a cupcake. Okay. And she talks like this. Hi, I'm Jessie Cake. <laughs> <laughs> and that was very funny. That's awesome. Um, I've also had to do... There was like, there's just been a, a lot of really funny ones. Um, oh, I had to do a Spotify jingle for TikTok. Okay. And I had to go, wow, my playlist sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you in part by ShowScore. You know what Rotten Tomatoes does to movies and movie ratings? Well, that's what ShowScore does to theater. Uh, They aggregate all the reviews from every critic and over 30,000 members who have signed up for the site in its first four months alone. And um, I'm sure their statistics have increased uh, exponentially since I got this little um, blurb to read to you. Um, you can see all the prices of um, that are available in one place, ranging from Russian lottery to the actual box office. Um, you can also, like, you can follow your friends and see what your friends thought of shows, follow them to get updates on what they're buzzing about, and um, I am one of those friends. If you, uh, you can check out my reviews at showscore.com slash something new. And that's show-score.com. I think that's because they were afraid that people would think it said, like, showscore. That's my guess. I'm on showscore right now, and I'm going to look at some reviews. Um, Here is one. Um, Let's see. There's a negative review, because you can, like, filter and just, like, read bad reviews of things or good reviews of something. All right. See if you can guess this show. Um, See it if you like rap. Don't see it if you don't like rap. That would be Hamilton. That would be Hamilton. All right, let's see another one. Let's do another one. Um, uh, see it if you really like Gloria Estefan's music. Despite Gloria's warning, the rhythm did not get me. <laughs> don't see it if you were allergic to cheese. Oh my gosh, that is a negative review. Why wasn't that categorized as negative? Um, that is On Your Feet, which is playing at the marquee. Um, and that's just one member's opinion. That's just one member's opinion. Don't let them sway you if you really had your heart set on it. And one more, one more. See this musical if 
unique, graphically violent, funny-as-hell, send-up of 80s, self-absorbed Wall Street greed culture, fantastic staging and effects. I loved it. Alright, this person clearly didn't understand the rules of this website. Don't see it if... And then they just don't finish the sentence. They say, this is a violent play with lots of splashing blood and dismembered limbs. Might offend some, not for the squeamish. Ending was ambiguous. That, of course, is Duncan Sheik's American Psycho adaptation, uh, now playing at the Gerald Schoenfeld Theater in Midtown on the Broadway. I guess the thing that's different is what's really cool for me, at least, the pressure's off, especially when you're auditioning for stuff. You don't have to worry about what you look like. I mean, obviously, mm. you don't want to walk in wearing sweatpants or, like, unicorn shoes or something. Sure. Like, even though that would be, if you're expressing yourself amazing. that way, that'd be great. But, like... You want to look professional still, but, like, it's not about that. It's mm-hmm. not about how hot, how tall you are, how your eye color, your hair color, all the stuff that's, you know, is so beyond you as a person when you're going into other auditions because that's just the nature of the beast. It doesn't matter. It's about what you bring to the commercial, your vocal quality, and if you're direct- directable, how clear you speak, and finding finding nuances and subtleties within your voice specifically and I think it's helped me a lot as a singer because I've been able yeah. to really think about you know your voice as an instrument and the way that you are able to make sounds. Mm-hmm. So it's been really a neat thing for me to discover. That's really cool. Yeah. So, um, but one of the things as a voiceover person, like you know, your physicality is completely not going to translate. Mm-mm. So you can be crazy in there. You can like you can't see me right now, but I'm lifting my arms like crazy right now. Yeah, we can... both are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really. <laughs> I'm doing karate chops. But like it can I'm doing help. A clean double on the left. <laughs> <laughs> clean double on the left. Very nice. Thank you. Just so impressive. Thanks. Did you feel that restraint ever? Like when you're in a booth recording? Mm-mm. No. No, I feel free when I go in, and maybe it's opposite for people. I have. I get very anxious going into auditions like for musical theater I'm not a great auditioner I don't think any class will ever help me get over it I just get anxiety I get very very anxious and I don't really know maybe I need to go to therapy to think about why that is but I also think it has something to do with me not being a great test taker just like under under the gun and under pressure I don't do my best Hmm. um and I'm not sure why but once I walk in the room and I'm there usually it's okay it's just like everything beforehand but in the in the voiceover booth, there's just so many elements that have been stripped away that I just feel like I can do my thing, and it's really so cool. freeing, and yeah. I love that. And like a new dream now is to sing on a cartoon. That's like my new dream. Do it. I want to so badly to voice a cartoon and have it be a singing. So I'm just like, Ugh. can we talk about cartoons? Yeah, I love cartoons. I still watch them. Um, so what's like, what are some other cartoon things that you've done? Or I've only done a handful. I yeah. did, like, and I haven't gotten to do, and all that, a lot of that stuff is in L.A. Gotcha. Um, so I don't really know how, career, I mean, career-wise, it'd have to be, like, a bunch of things change to get to do more. Yeah. Um, but I've gotten to audition for a bunch of really fun things, too, that yeah. have been, like, a blast. Um, there's a couple of Nickelodeon things out here as well, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I did this really fun Canadian web series called Black Buddies and yeah, there was buddies. one that was Betty and she kind of had a little bit of a cold <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was really fun little child childlike things I like to do like kid kid sounds mm-hmm. 
That's really fun. And so when you're doing that versus like selling, I don't know, ostrich feathers or something, yeah. like how does that... Cartoons are way more heightened, way more theater for kids, depending on the character though, because if you're playing, but even if you're playing like the mom who's in charge and, you know, but even, but that translates then to radio commercials too, because sure. a lot of times they'll watch super animated, fun, um, heightened musical theater. In fact... When I was doing my reel, we were doing something, a commercial for B&H cameras. Mm -hmm. And anything that's like a dialogue two-person commercial is very... They use musical theater as an example because they want it to be that heightened and almost like uh, radio theater, which would be a blast to do as well. So much fun. Oh, my God. That would be really fun as well. Um, But then that versus like a very naturalistic person talking about, you know, clean water somewhere would Mm -hmm. be very... Yeah. Like person to person or heartfelt or whatever. So you have to find those emotions. You have to find you have to find those intentions and what you're trying to portray in each thing. And the cartoons are ramped up. Gotcha. For sure. So is that similar because you have like when you audition for a musical or whatever, like you've mm-hmm. got your rep book. Mm-hmm. So for voiceover, like are you different voices? Like are are those your in your rep? Like do you That's see it a that great way? question. I've never really thought of it that way, but yeah, I think like I think it, it definitely needs to be in your arsenal. Uh, and I feel like similarly to musical theater, you know what you do really well. Mm-hmm. So I, I, the thing I, you know, I get cast a lot for is that girl next door, upbeat, young, fun sound. Mm-hmm. Um, like I did a. A theme, an amusement park ad, <laughs> which is really fun, and a bunch of things that were all in a similar vein. But the thing you don't want to fall into is then having that be your one note, right? So you don't want to go into everything with that with that sound because it won't be correct for what the um, copywriter is trying to yeah, get you across. Have to be, you have to be so yeah, you have to have these. Asshole. You have to know your range and be willing to explore that, and that's a very personal thing, like finding those low and warm sounds and having them be authentic and, Mm -hmm. you know, have that, like, have that ability. And then to have the bright, fun, girly thing or whatever, you know, like, to to find that. And I think what's so cool is that no one's watching you do it. Mm -hmm. It's just you doing it. So you could be, like, really, like, manipulating the crap out of your face. Completely. You can make the weirdest faces possible and no one's going to be like, your nostrils flare when you sing. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. Someone Mm -hmm. said that to me one time. What? (laughs) I was like, Rude. all you saw was that my nostrils are flaring. Okay. All right. Let's see what this is. Bye. Bye. To top it all off, you're also a teaching artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, talk about that lifestyle and uh, how you make it work for you. Oh, yeah. It's really cool. Because I've had a lot of different teaching artists on here, so I'm yeah. curious. It's extremely challenging, but it's also, again, something that I feel like I had a knack for, and I always thought that I would want to be a teacher. I just didn't know when that would happen. Um... And a friend of mine who I cater, catered with, who now is also doing amazing things, um, pulled me in to teach up in New Canaan, and that's where I met Dan, oh, actually, no. yeah, at okay. the studio. Okay. So I taught a summer camp there with him. I was, did not know what I was doing. And then it's the most terrifying thing to walk in and see, like, 20 little faces staring at you, and you're like, I have no idea what I'm <laughs> doing with you, but... And that's probably a slap in the slap in the face to people that like know what they're doing and are yeah. amazing art teachers. But I was also like young, and it's camp, yeah, so it's a wake up call. Yeah, so yeah. I like it's it it. From there, I kind of fell in love with it. And I also again felt like I had an act for it. I mm-hmm. was able to 
um, I was just able to explore different parts of myself, and I feel like I've learned a ton from them. So I, I was able to build a cool musical theater program up there, and it's been such a cool experience. I've met so many great people, and then it's prompted me to want to learn more and be a better teacher and know how to take everything that I've learned and explain it in terms that these kids can understand and also, you know, treat each kid individually. And it, there's a lot of funny challenges that come along with it, but it's really cool. So I've been teaching up there, and then I just started teaching at the Brooklyn Children's Theater this year, um, which has been really neat as well. Nice. Yeah. How does your experience as a musical theater performer, which seems to be the longest mm-hmm. career mm-hmm. that's um, that's that's still going on, like how does your experience as a, as a theater performer uh, inform how you approach all these other things how does it make you a better of those things and how do those things make you a better yeah theater performer that's great it's a big question it's a huge question but it's really cool I feel like okay I feel like looking at life looking at life from the standpoint of someone who does theater who does musical theater you're able to find the comedy in every day activities so I'm going to go through this like section by section. Yeah. Um, you're able to like see, at least for me in the way I see it, I see it sometimes like my crazy ex-girlfriend where it's like, okay, this would be a really funny moment for a song. Or you're just able to have a good sense of humor, I feel like, with things that, um, and you're able to, you know, be, even just as an actor or someone who's done all these different things, you're able to just sort of take life with a yes and you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're able to kind of roll with the punches and, and go with it and work hard and not give up. Um, and then shift, you know, when things aren't going your way, not get so bummed out that you're going to leave with your tail between your legs or whatnot, just shift focus and find something else that's also creative and artistic. And I feel like also teaching has been huge for me as a performer because I'm able to totally regurgitate all the things that I've learned. I'll say things and I'll be like, write that down and tell yourself that later. And you know, (laughs) yeah, to myself, because I'm telling this kid to do this thing that I would have been too afraid to do a couple years ago Yeah, and they're doing it and they're also 10. So, (laughs) you know, so it's, it's, it's been kind of amazing to, to see these kids and, um, and have them inform and they give me more courage too. I see a lot of I see a lot of bravery in these kids and what they're doing, you know, singing really hard songs, just going for it in front of people, auditioning for a little summer camp. But I just think, man, you're so brave. And so if you're brave and you're ten, I can do it. And I'm thirty one. <laughs> so that's that's really cool. Yeah. Do you have any advice for my listeners who may want to like get into voiceover or teaching artistry or developing their own original work? Uh, Absolutely. Um, I think everything takes, it's so hard, but everything takes discipline. And I think that's what the dance background has taught me. Mm -hmm. Um, It takes discipline. So meaning, meaning if you want, you know, it's very easy, pick what you want to do and really, really go for it. I'm someone who hates to start projects and then not finish them. Mm-hmm. And I say this, and I have like a couple writing projects that I haven't that are halfway through, and I'm like, Ugh, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta do that. But, um, but know that like I have a lot of people that have said to me, "Oh, voiceover, I want to get into that." And then when we sit down and we talk about it, they're like, "Oh, that's a whole thing." 
So really think about what it is and learn about it and then go for it yep. and try it and see if you like it. And, you know, you have to invest a little bit of money. But there are some great coaches in New York. New York is like and, – and really anywhere. There's tons of – if you're listening in anywhere else, like – in, I guess Atlanta is a big voiceover oh, really? um, hub, too. Yeah, there's a lot that you can do. And there's a lot you can do on your own, which is amazing. We were just talking about this technology is on your side. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can explore a new creative path on your own. So just going for it. And, um, and you know, teaching theater, be creative. Think outside the box. If you, that's what I like to do too. Cause if you know, there's, they say that you learn in school and you say that there's, you know, one way to do things or you're supposed to audition and then you get in the show and then you get in, then you win this and you do that. And it's just not necessarily, things aren't really that way. So just because you might try something one way doesn't mean that there's another way to achieve your goals and achieve your dreams. You have to be spontaneous and be willing to think outside the box and be a good person and mm-hmm. work really hard and be authentic and truthful and kind and good things come be your kind way. be kind yes yeah to others and yourself and yourself yeah, yeah. take care of yourself too mm-hmm. and know when you need a need a to and that's okay yeah totally yeah things aren't always easy but you meet no. some really neat people and follow up and follow through mm-hmm. follow and, up and follow through yeah follow through really do i think then then you'll be set up for success and know that success looks different on every person mm-hmm. it's not there's not like one success award that we're all trying to get like give yourself I need to listen to myself again uh really allow yourself to be to embrace the little victories because the little victories are the big victories in Mm -hmm. the long run yeah and what you might perceive as a little victory is someone else would see as a a huge victory yeah even doing the web series I, I was getting emails when we were like in it with big city I was getting emails and someone asked when I was casting next and I was so flattered. I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't cast this. I just find friends that I like and are funny and I just like have them do this. But that's so flattering that someone would email me and tell me they like it and that it was like the weirdest validation. That's and I huge. Was like, yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm doing the thing that people like submit to be on and that's yeah. really neat. And that was ex- exciting. And that's kinda how my brain works. Like if I'm not if I don't get in a show that I audition for I'll sit there and think, well, I want to make a musical. I want to write a book for a musical. Or yeah. I want to do, th- I want to create this. Or I want to write a short film. Or I'll just do it. Yeah. You know? You don't have to wait to be invited to the party. Like, make your own party. Exactly. Throw yeah. a party. Throw a party. And invite us. Yeah. <laughs> We're not doing anything. <laughs> right now, we'll be free. <laughs> We're just hanging out. Let me out. know. I'll check my calendar. <laughs> She's got I'm a manicure. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring the rosé and the hugs. Mmm. Extra hugs. Mm-hmm. Are you working we're going to set up the song now. Awesome. Um, Lauren Ruff was kind enough to learn and perform a brand new song called Fading Hipster, uh, which I wrote for her. <laughs> I live in Brooklyn, so it's perfect. She does, and I did not know that. I did not know that at the time. Um, I told her the impetus of the song. Um, I was being interviewed for a new day job, and the person interviewing me um, like called me a hipster, and which I've never really seen myself as one um so i thought that was funny and being 34 um and being a hipster i don't know what that's supposed to feel like right it feels it feels a little old to be a hipster i don't know so i'm I'm gonna continue to be me and do me whatever that means if that means i'm a hipster okay it means you're super hip super hip yeah yeah 
And You're trend setting. I am trend setting. I'm sending, <laughs> setting all the trends. Trending. And um, yeah, so then I decided to write a song called Fading Hipster, where we try to intervene someone who seems to be going down that path. Yeah. And we just make sure that they're making they know, choices. Yeah. Making good choices. They know what they're in for. Yeah. Um, I wrote this completely on ukulele. And so talented. Um, thank you. It was um, only like maybe the second or third song I've written on ukulele. And then it's the first one that I've had to transpose. Challenges. So hard. <laughs> so hard. You'll hear in a couple of the measures that I do kind of uh, get lost. But no, that's no, no, not no, the point. No, no, no. Um, yeah. And then I actually got to premiere it as a surprise encore for my concert the last weekend. So, um, which was really fun. So good. Yeah. And so then... Got to try it out and make some tweaks, and then, and then got to try it on Lauren, which was super fun. Yeah. Uh, remember, so yeah, it was it was wonderful. <laughs> remember, uh, this Lauren's performance of Fading Hipster will also be available to stream on SoundCloud and on YouTube. Uh, be sure to follow me on all things social media, and you may find those links and so much more on JoelBeauty.com. Uh, please follow my guest. Uh, what's your handle yeah my twitter i'm so bad at twitter but it's l rough 24 it's kind of like when you have a one of those screen names on aol and you're uh-huh. like you never changed it but i probably should now because it's actually for social media and not just <laughs> i saw some clouds today mm-hmm. is my tweet um yeah so it's l rough 24 um but my facebook lauren ruff and instagram is at lolo ruff at Lolo Ruff. L-O-L-O Ruff. Okay. Yeah. And what's your website? And my website. That's the most important thing. LaurenRuff.com. That's where everything is. Perfect. Yeah. That's the most important thing. Forget everything else. It's, <laughs> I don't, I'm not interesting to watch on Instagram. And they can find a link to like the community theater web series on yes, there and everything? Yes. Everything's on there. LaurenRuff.com. Um, R-U-F-F. And it's, you can see community theater. You can see big city. You can listen to some VO. You can hit me up if you want a class or you just want to chat. Do it. Do it. Do it. She's around. I'm around. Uh, subscribe to, rate, review this podcast. Tell all your friends about it. Um, special thanks today to Stephanie Layton, Peyton Royal, Joel Dickinson, and the Dramatist Guild Fund for hosting us today. Yeah. yeah. And last but not least, Lauren Ruff, thank you so much for being on my show. Oh, thank you for having me. It was, it was really fun pleasure. to get to know you better. Yes. And get to jam on a, on a new song. It was like the best afternoon. Right? I know. I agree. Now let's go home and make some soup. Love it. Um, from the Music Hall at DGF, this is Joel B. New. Lauren Ruff. Saying thank you for dropping by for something new. Bye. Done. Yay! Yay! Thank you. That was so fun. Thank you. That was really fun. Uh, oh, thank you so much.
should probably know better. Fading hipster, can you see? You've gone about it all wrong. If you don't stop soon, it won't belong to you. Writing an ukulele song like me. Ukulele, that's how it's actually pronounced. But you probably already knew that. Sounds intriguing, going paleo or vegan. No sales in life are final, even Taylor Swift on vinyl. Listen to my warning, though I'm sure it's more likely to compel you to do the opposite. Wait, what did I just tell you? How is it you're wearing the Cosby sweater now? Seriously? Oh my god, I can't. You're so lucky I'm juicing right now. That's all I'm gonna say. Fading hipster, I set you free. Embrace your nonconformist style. You're still young. You got a while till you're stuck in denial. Because I own my denial, I'm not really in denial, and you're not allowed to deny that. Thank you. Special thanks to the Dramatist Guild Fund for welcoming us into their space for today's episode. Providing the music hall at DGF for writers to use for free is one of the many ways the Dramatist Guild Fund supports writers. I encourage you all to find out more about DGF by visiting their website at dgfund.org on Twitter at dgfund. Theatrical Media 